So I have to say thank you to stand-up comics and stand-up comedians. Um, I don't like all of your work. I don't like all of your styles. Um, some of you, I think, my personal tastes are better than others. Um, and that's how it always is with, with art or expression or, you know, everyone has a different cup of tea. But I got to give not only thanks to the comedians that inspired me growing up, the ones that I know now, but I want to take a couple of seconds, and this is going to be a short story, but I, I got to take a few minutes to talk about how important and how brave comedic and stand-up comedy is um, and what bravery it takes to do it. You got to be, you got to have balls to do this. You got to have crazy amounts of either it's either that or or you're just nuts uh, be honest with you or or you're just you're just kind of like masochistic maybe it's both but i want you to think about this for non-comedians i want you to think about this premise because we know it on the surface we we think we know it but we really don't look into it as much as we should stand-up comics the sole objective of their success in what they do, the sole objective is, and the pressure is to, is that they have to be funny all the time when they perform. And on top of that, or the expectation is they should. I mean, think about it. when you go to a comedy club, you're not going there to cry. You probably go there to cry because you laugh so hard. But inherently, there's this, there's this idea that that's what you're going there for. You don't have rarely any other expectations. Um, you know, if you're moved, if there's some, you know, if you come out of it with maybe a deeper understanding, this and that, that's great. That's a bonus. But, you know, you go to see stand-up comedy, you go to see comedy to laugh. And that premise, having that be your job description as a, as a stand-up comic, whether you're good or not, or people like you or not, that's brave. That's absolutely brave. I don't have that kind of bravery. Now, I got to preface this by saying I'm not a stand-up comedian. I'm not. I'm a storyteller. And that's the kind of voice that I've found over the years. But I've I've been influenced and really have probably lifted stuff from tons of stand-up comedians that I grew up watching. And I've incorporated into my own work. But here's the thing. I have a little bit of a cop-out as a storyteller. Because, see, when I perform, and if I move someone if i if they get information if they're if they're inspired or if they laugh if one of those things happen then i have a successful performance no one's like man I, you know that sucked i went to go see this you know i did a monologue for instance about student debt i toured around the country like someone could go to that and if they're like man i didn't laugh during that they still could have got something educational from it or they could have been moved by it dramatically um, and that still would have been valid. They, they would have walked away going, oh, okay, that was pretty cool. But if you go to a comedy show and the person's not funny, you're like, that guy sucked. Just holistically, just sucked. And I don't, I don't know, if, I know I don't have the courage to, to do that. Um, and, but yet, I have to say thank you to stand-up comedians because you all have influenced my career. You helped me create a voice for myself. And I'm a non-comedian. I'm a, I'm a fellow artist. And that's what I wanted to say is that in the arts community and the artists community, uh, it gets a little stuffy there. I don't like to hang out as much, but they don't get enough love. I mean, it is an art form from the guys I grew up watching. I mean, you know, 
Richard Pryor, George Carlin. I love Sinbad. I don't care. Sinbad doesn't get enough love. He was hilarious. He is hilarious. Martin Lawrence, Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey, you know, the list goes on and on. Those are the people that I really liked, and there's a lot more. Um, and I'm sure there's some com- comedians who are like, those guys suck. Whatever. Everyone's got their own thing. And I don't know much about the comedy game. What I do know is the people I connect with and the people that really make me laugh and are great storytellers. And man, we need laughter right now in the world. We really do. We need more of it. We need more comedians making people laugh. We got people shooting each other up every other day. And if you really think about it, laughing and laughter, it, if you really look into it, it's, it's basically, it seems like it's something where you just recognize something in yourself or a commonality with someone else. You know, you're like, oh yeah, you go through that shit too. Or, you know, an observational humor where they, where they pick out a particular behavior it's what's funny about it is that you recognize it in yourself and others. And then there's this thing where you laugh about it. That's a connective thing. I mean, unless the comedian's a complete asshole and treats the audience like shit, I'm not into that. But, for, but comedy in general and, and laughing about stuff and people who artfully do it, they're connecting us. And I think humor and laughing and love are kind of interconnected. So it's a real service, whether the comedian does it that way or he or she, their intentions are to be of service in a way, the nature of comedy and what it does for the public is a service and it's a needed service. And in the artist community, they don't get a lot of love from some of the stuffy artists and the performance artists and the solo performers and the actors, all these people, these, these, they're hilarious. You got to get in front of a room and control a room. Now, I, I try to do that, and I think I can do a pretty good job as a storyteller. But if I had to go up with the only premise being make them laugh, I don't think I'd be able to stand on my two, two feet in the way that they do. I mean, I might be able to do it, but I don't know if my psyche could handle it. I mean, I'm already, like, I'm really sensitive to stuff. I don't know how they do it. I'll give you one last example before I close it out. On a local level in Cleveland, I was at Barrio a number of months back, and Bill Squire, a local comedian, successful guy, uh, locally and nationally, um, was doing an open mic. And one of my other friends, Ken, was like, hey, you should get up there and, and do, do an open mic. He's like, dude, you're a monologuist. You're a... <laughs> I stopped going by monologuist, little aside, because it sounded like a skin condition. It always just sounded weird, monologuist. But he's like, you're a storyteller, man. You you know, they pay you to do, you've been touring, they've been paying you to speak, you should do this. And I'm like, no, I, there's no way. It's a totally different game. Because the expectation is there. Make us laugh. See, I don't operate with that. You know, when I, when I perform, if you laugh, that's a bonus, right? Like I said, so, so I couldn't get up there and do that. And I just have incredible respect for the people that, that do. And speaking of Bill Squire, here's a guy I went to high school with when I, in my early 20s, when I came back to, from college to, to uh, the Cleveland area during like winter break or fall break, one of my, a couple of my friends said, hey, let's go see Bill Squire do comedy. Let's see him do comedy at this club. And I went and saw him, and I'm going to be honest with you, he'll probably tell you this too. It sucked really bad. He was really bad, like horrifically bad. And I was like, man, I feel, I feel really bad for this guy because he sucks so much. But here, but here it is, right? Here's a person who maybe wasn't a natural at it. But Bill, over the years, and when I was performing, sometimes I'd stop in different cities and I would like hear about him or see him. That he was, I'm like, Bill Squire? Really? The guy went, to, I saw him? This guy worked his ass off, got up day in, day out, and performed and performed and performed and performed and took a beating. 
I'm assuming psychologically, and yet continued to move forward. And now he's funny as shit. He really built an act. And now he's doing his thing on the radio and he's here locally and one of the top guys in the Cleveland scene and he's around the country in different places. That's the testament to character or just being a masochist. But I would, I would think it's character. And that's a testament to comedians and the work that they have to do to make us laugh. The struggles that they go through, not to inform us or to be politically correct or to make us feel good, it's, it's more than that. What they put themselves through just for the opportunity to make you laugh is a big deal. So when you're going to a comedy club or you're seeing a friend or whatever, if they're not funny, don't laugh, right? If it's not funny, you don't lie to yourself. But just keep in the back of your mind what they have to go through to do that. Because I certainly don't have the courage to do it myself. I don't have the courage to do what they do. And also think about, too, I've been thinking recently, man, like how much that's needed right now. And I've been listening to a ton of podcasts and watching a lot of old live stand-up routines just recently because we need more of that laughter and love in this world. We have to, especially in this country. we got to figure out a way to open that up now because not only are we taking ourselves too seriously, we're not taking laugh, laughing and, and human connectivity seriously enough. And so as far as I, as I, as I see it, stand-up comedians are public servants. And they might say, hey, Aaron, you're a piece of shit. Stop preaching. But I got to tell you, it is. It's a public service. And I got to tell you, thank you to, this, to the comedians I know and I don't know for helping, giving, helping give me my, my artistic voice. And thank you for making me laugh.